0: Now let's study some ahadith and insha'Allah things will become clearer. We will begin from Bab number three. Bab: إذا سلم في ركعتين أو ثلاثٍ فسجد سجدتين مثل سجود الصلاة أو أطول. Bab: إذا سلم في ركعتين. When a person says the salam after two rakats, or three rakat. And this is in a case where he was supposed to perform four rakat. So then, what is he going to do? Fa sajada then he has to perform the Sajda Sahu, and the Sajda Sahu is mitla sujud salati. They are just like the sujood of prayer, meaning the other Sajda au atwal or slightly longer. The point is that Sajda Tushahu is to be performed just like regular sajda. Meaning, you have to say Allahu Akbar when going into sajda, and then Allahu Akbar when getting up from sajda, then Allahu Akbar again to go into sajda, and then Allahu Akbar on getting up from sajda. Secondly, this also means that you have to say what you say in regular sajda. And what is that? Subhanu Rabbi Al-A'la, in the sajda, and in the sitting position between the two sajdahs, what do you have to say? Rabbi Fhidli Right? So let's look at the hadith. حَدَّثَنَا Adam, An Ibrahim, An Abi Salama, An Bina wa Abu said that the Prophet prayed with us, meaning he led us in prayer. In the zuhur or in the asr prayer So it was either Zuhr or it was asr Fasallama And he said the salam Meaning he said the salam before completing the prayer Faqala lahu dhul So the companion who was called dhul yadayn He said to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam And by the way dhul yadayn what does it mean? The possessor of two hands All right, One of two hands Now People have two hands. Why was he called dhul Because his hands were big. Okay, His hands were very clearly quite big. So the Prophet ﷺ would call him dhul And you know what? He also had a very loud voice. Remember in Surah Al-Hujrat we learned that we are prohibited from speaking very loudly in front of the Prophet ﷺ. And if a person does that, then his deeds would be wasted. Right? When those verses were revealed, this companion, he was so sad, he just stayed in his house and he wept and wept that all his deeds had been wasted. And the Prophet ﷺ noticed that he was missing. So he inquired about him and this is what he was told. So dhul was told that, no, you don't have to worry about it because your voice is naturally loud. And then we see that he wasn't as loud in his voice naturally, his hands were... Big and at the same time he was also very frank, because we see that at this occasion nobody had the courage to go and ask the Prophet ﷺ about the salah, right? That he had forgotten to perform two rakat, but Zulaydain did. So فَقَالَ لَهُ الْزُّلْيَادِيَّنِ So he said to the Prophet ﷺ يا رسول الله o messenger of Allah أَنَقَصَتْ has the salah been reduced? Meaning from four raka'ah. Is it that we are required to perform two raka'ah now in zuhur and asr? فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ لِأَصْحَابِهِ So the Prophet said to his companions, أَحَقٌّ مَا يَقُولُ Is what he is saying true? Meaning, is he right that I missed two rakat قَالُوا نَعَمُ They said, Yes, O Prophet ﷺ, ذُلْيَدَيْنِ is right. You did miss two raka'at. ركعت. رَكْعَتَيْنِ أُخْرَيَيْنِ So the Prophet ﷺ performed the remaining two ركعت. All right, Because remember that this is of the Arkanus Salah. In Zuhr you have to perform four. In Asr you have to perform four rak'at. So he performed what he had missed. ثُمَّ سَجَدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ and then he also did two sajda at the end. قَالَ سَعْدٌ Sa'd said, وَرَأَيْتُ عُرْوَةَ I saw عُرْوَةَ Ibn زُبَيْر صَلَّى مِنَ الْمَغْرِبِ ركعتين. He said, I saw Urwa bin زُبَيْر performing two Rakat in maghrib. How many are you supposed to perform in maghrib? Three. But he forgot and he performed only two. فَسَلَّمَ And he said the salam after two. And then وَتَكَلَّمَ and then he also spoke with the people. Then I guess either he remembered or somebody pointed out to him that you did not perform the third rak'ah. So what did he do? Urwa bin Sallama Bakiya, he performed what was remaining, meaning the third rak'ah. was sajda and he performed two sajda. <inaudible> and he said, This is what the Prophet did. What did he do? That he performed what he had forgotten? And at the end, he performed two rak'at. Do you notice something over here? That the Prophet ﷺ ended the prayer and spoke with the people. Right? He spoke with the people because Dhul came and asked him and then he confirmed from the companions. Right? Then he performed what was remaining. And he performed two sajda. He did not repeat the entire prayer. You notice something? He did not repeat the entire prayer. So, this is an example of naqs of rukun. Okay, an example of naqs of rukun. Now, there could be two possibilities. One possibility is that you remember or you are informed about what you missed soon after your prayer. Like in this situation. Even though you spoke with the people, but you remembered or you were informed soon after your prayer. And you did not lose your wudu. There's a second thing also. You did not lose your wudu. Then in this situation, what are you going to do? You're just going to perform what you missed and then do? Do sajda sahu. But what if you remembered hours later? Or you were informed about your mistake? Hours later. Or, what if you lost your wudu? You understand? You lost your wudu. Then in this situation, you are not just going to make up what you missed, you are actually going to repeat the entire prayer. You are going to repeat your entire prayer. So in what situation do you just perform what you missed? In what situation? If you remember soon after, and you still have your wudu. And in what situation do you repeat your entire prayer? If you remember, after a long time, or if you lost your wudu. Like for example, you said the salam, and immediately you removed your socks. Okay? And you had wiped over your socks. You removed your socks. And you removed your socks, and your mom's sitting right there, and she says, did you pray your father or your sunnah? Like it my fault, Lord. She's like, You did two rak'ah. Like, really? She's like, Yeah. But now your socks are off, your wudu's gone. Now what? Now what? You're gonna go do wudu and then perform? Four rak'ah. You're gonna repeat the entire prayer. Okay? Go ahead. Okay you're doing but to complete the very good example sometimes this may also happen that you joined the imam in prayer you joined him in the second rak'ah or in the third rak'ah you have to perform two rak'ah but what happened you said the salam with the imam and you forgot to perform the first two rak'ah clear now what happened you said the salam you started doing your azkar and and then you realize oh no i was supposed to perform two rak'ah so what are you going to do you're going to get up and perform two rak'ah. But what if you remembered after you left the masjid and you drove to your house, like after an hour later, right? And then you remember, then what? You just have to repeat your entire prayer. Okay, next bab. Bab, ما لم يتشهد في سجدتي السهوي. The one who لم يتشهد does not say the تشهد when fi sajda yis sahwi in the two prostrations of forgetfulness. Meaning, after performing the two prostrations of sahu, he did not say the entire tashahud. So when he got up from the second prostration, what did he do? He just said the salam. You understand? Now technically, between the sajda and salam, you're supposed to say the tashahud. Alright? But sajdatus sahu is like the regular sajda but different also. It's like the regular sajda because you perform it in the same manner, you say the same words. But it's different also because you don't say the shahud between the sajda sahu and the salam. Sajdatus sahu is supposed to be the last thing you do before the salam. And if you are doing it after the salam? Okay? Then again, you're just going to do the salam immediately after the sajdah. You're not going to do the tashahhud again. Anas and Hassan al-Basri, both of them, they said the salam after sajdah to Sahu and they did not do the tashahud again. And Qatada said very clearly that you don't have to say the tashahud. حدثنا عبد الله بن يوسف أخبرنا مالك بن أنس عن أيوب بن أبي تميمة السختياني عن محمد بن سيرين عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن صرف so Abu reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم صرفة, he ended the prayer after two rak'ah. he was supposed to say more than two. After two, he said the salam. فَقَالَ لَهُ So ذُو الْيَدَيْنِ said to him, الصَّلَاةُ Has the salah been shortened? أَمْ نسيت يَا رَسُولَ الله Or did you forget, O Messenger of Allah? فَقَالَ رَسُولَ الله صلى الله عليه وسلم So the Prophet ﷺ said, أَصَّدَقَ ذُو Did ذُو الْيَدَيْنِ speak the truth? Is he right? That I did not perform all four raka'at. فَقَالَ النَّاسُ النعم. So the people said yes. فَقَامَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ sallallahu So the Prophet got up. أُخْرَيَيْنِ And then he performed the two remaining raka'at. ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he said the salam. And then he said the takbir. And then he performed Similar to his sujud al Atwal or slightly longer, then marafah, and then he came up. We'll do the next one also before discussing this hadith. حدثنا سليمان بن حرب حدثنا حماد عن سلمة بن عالقمة قال قلت لمحمد في سجدة Sahwi he said Salama bin Alqama said that I said to Muhammad في سجدة السهوي about the two sajdas of forgetfulness. تشهدن is there تشهد he said, "This is not mentioned in the hadith of Abu Hurairah. What is not mentioned in the hadith of Abu Hurairah that after the two sajda of sahu, the Prophet ﷺ did the shahud. No, this is not mentioned. Meaning, after sajda to sahu, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He just did the salam. So, what do we understand from these ahadith that the prostration of forgetfulness?" There are two prostrations. You perform them like regular prostrations. And there is no tashahud after them. There is only salam after them. Regardless of whether you are performing these prostrations before the salam of the salah or after it. Understand? Whether you do it before the salam or after the salam. There is no tashahud after it. Next bab Baab, من يكبر في سجدتي sahwi. Someone saying the takbir in the two prostrations of forgetfulness. Which takbir is this? Takbir to go into sajda and takbir to get up from sajda. Allahu Akbar, to go into sajda. And Allahu Akbar, on getting up from sajda. Then Allahu Akbar again. Then Allahu Akbar again. Is this okay? Yes, it is okay. It should be done. And in the case of the imam, he should do it out loud so that the people can also Follow him. What's the proof of that? حدثنا حفص بن عمر حدثنا يزيد بن Ibrahim عن محمد عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال صلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إحدي صلاتي العشي. أبي رضي الله عنه reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم performed one of the two afternoon prayers or evening prayers. This is the same hadith as the previous one, but this one is the longer version. It has more detail in it. And this is something that you will notice that it's the same incident, but different narrators mentioned different details in their narrations. The hadith is narrated from Abu Huraira, but different people heard the hadith from Abu Huraira, and therefore they took different amounts of detail. So in this version, what do we see? That uh, the Prophet ﷺ performed either of the two ashī prayers What does the word ashī mean? Ashī is the end of Nahar Nahar means daytime Don't think about 24 hours Think about light, sun, when the sun is out So it's the end of the Nahar So it's still daytime So this is why I translated it as either afternoon or evening So evening don't understand it as after Maghrib this is before Maghrib, before sunset. So it's one of those two prayers. Which one is it going to be? Either Dhuhr or Asr. Okay? قال محمد وأكثر ظن And Muhammad said, I really think that it was Asr. Okay? This is Muhammad bin Sirin. He said that I really think that it was Asr. ركعتيني, he performed two raka'a. ثم سلّمَ. Then he said the salam after two raka'a. And then he got up The Prophet sallallahu He got up إلى خشبة في مقدم المسجد He got up And he went towards a خشبة خشبة is a piece of wood That was في مقدم masjid In the front of the masjid So he said the salam, Immediately he got up and walked towards A piece of wood That was in the front of the masjid فَوَضَعَ يَدَهُ عَلَيْهَا And he put his hand on it. As if he was leaning against it. وَفِيهِمْ أَبُوْ بَكْرٍ وَعُمَرٍ And amongst them, meaning amongst the people who were there, were also Abu Bakr and Umar رضي الله عنهما. Both of them were present in the masjid at the time. But فَهَابَ أَن يكلماه, But they were too afraid to speak to the Prophet sallallahu They were too afraid to go and ask him as to why he performed two raka'at instead of four. وَخَرَجَ سَرَعَانُ And the people left quickly. Meaning, they were also a little scared. فَقَالُوا And there was a talk going around, الصَّلَاةُ Has a salah been Shortened? Very typical scene, right? But if the imam makes a mistake, sometimes people are too afraid to point it out. And then they just talk amongst themselves. What happened? What happened? Did he really make that mistake? What are we supposed to do? So the same thing happened here. People are just talking, أَقَصُرَةِ الصَّلَاتُ وَرَجُلٌ But there was a man, يَدْعُوهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ yadain Whom the Prophet would call al-yadain. This man, Faqala He went to the Prophet ﷺ and said, Anasita أَمْ قَصُرَتْ Did you forget? Or has it been shortened? Did you forget to perform the remaining two raka'at? Or has the salah been shortened? فَقَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said, لَمْ أَنْسَ وَلَمْ تُقْصَرْ I did not forget. And the salah has not been shortened either. قَالَ Bala قَزْ نَسِيْتَ Wow. The yadayn said, no, you did forget. رَكَعَتَيْن So the Prophet ﷺ performed two rakah. ثُمَّ سَلَّمَ Then he said the salam. ثُمَّ كَبَّرَ He said the takbir. فَسَجَدَ مِثْلَ سُجُودِهِ And then he did his sajda, like his regular sajda, أو or slightly longer. ثُمَّ رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ فَكَبَّرَ And then he lifted his head. Meaning he got up from sajda. Saying the takbir, ثُمَّ وَضَعَ رَأْسَهُ Then he went down again Put his head down again Meaning went down into the second sajda فَكَبَّرَ Saying the takbir, فَسَجَدَ mithla سُجُودِهِ أو أَطْوَل And his sajda was similar to his regular sajda Or slightly longer ثُمَّ رَفَعَ رَأْسَهُ وَكَبَّرَ And then he lifted up his head And said the takbir. So we see that in this hadith It is mentioned very clearly That with each movement The Prophet وسلم said the Takbir. So this shows that for sajdah to sahu what do you have to do? Say the takbir. You have to say Allahu Akbar. You don't just go into sajdah, get up from it. You have to say Allahu Akbar. Now there is many beautiful lessons that we can learn from this hadith. You see the Prophet wasallam forgot two rakat in his prayer. And he was informed about it and he fixed his salah. The Prophet ﷺ forgot two raka'at. Why? Because he was a human being. He was a human being. And human beings forget. No matter who they are, no matter what their status is, they are, after all, human being, possessing human abilities, human qualities, human weaknesses. And part of that humanness is that a person would forget. Adam, alayhi salam, forgot, right? The Prophet, sallallahu also forgot something. Right? And remember that the Prophet, sallallahu was even afraid that he might forget the Quran. Isn't it? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reassured him that, سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَ إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ We will make you read, so you will not forget, except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to forget. So forgetting is something natural. It is human. The Prophet ﷺ also forgot. But then we see in this hadith that when he forgot, he finished his prayer, he got up and went towards that piece of wood, leaned against it. In another hadith, we learned that he even put his cheek on his hand. And the people were afraid to even approach him. Why? Because he looked upset. Visibly upset It was very clear that he was unsettled And this is Something that happens when you make A mistake, you're uneasy Isn't it? And this is a blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon a servant That when a servant makes a mistake When he forgets something He feels uneasy He feels uneasy He feels upset And then he begins to question himself That what's wrong with me, why am I feeling so Upset. And then he begins to reflect over his actions and he realizes his mistake. So that feeling of uneasiness leads a person to realize his mistake. So this is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if a person was never to feel uneasy and upset, then he wouldn't think about his actions. Isn't it? Imagine you forgot something, you made a mistake, and you just went on doing your stuff, you didn't even feel uncomfortable, you didn't reflect on your actions, you never realized your mistake. So this is a huge blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon a servant, that He feels uneasy after making a mistake, after forgetting something. And that's what happened with the Prophet Wasallam also. So this teaches us that anytime we're feeling upset for no clear reason, what should we do? What should we do? Reflect on our actions. Hmm? Like for example, you sit with a person and you're feeling really awkward. You know, like there's there's not a good feeling in the air. Why? Why is it so? That you're sitting with them, you know this person, they know you, and yet there's a weird silence. Why? Reflect on yourself. Did you say something inappropriate? Did you do something inappropriate? Right? Reflect on your actions. And when you will do so, you will realize that, yes, you did do something offensive, or you did say something offensive. And then, of course, do istighfar also. Seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That whenever you're feeling uneasy, seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Say, astaghfirullah. And ask Allah to forgive you for what you know, and also what you don't know. Because istighfar brings contentment to the heart. بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَطْمَئِنُّ الْقُلُوبِ Now, another thing we see is that the Prophet wasallam as he's standing, Abu Bakr and Umar anhu are amongst the people and they know that the Prophet wasallam did not complete the prayer. He forgot something important. But they were too afraid to approach the Prophet wasallam This is also something natural. That sometimes you feel afraid to go and speak to someone. It doesn't mean that you don't have respect for them or that you don't love them, but you're just afraid. It's normal. Don't think you're weird that you don't have the confidence to go and speak to someone. That you're antisocial and you're, you know, you have some problems. No, it's again a human thing. Abu Bakr anhu was so close to the Prophet sallallahu wasn't he? So close to him that the Prophet ﷺ even said that if I was to take any person as a Khalil, it would be Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr was related to the Prophet ﷺ through marriage, right? Meaning Abu Bakr's daughter was the wife of the Prophet ﷺ. So there is a relationship. Also, there is friendship. There is closeness. He accompanied him in the Hijrah. He was there from the beginning of Islam. But yet, at this occasion, he was afraid to approach the Prophet ﷺ. Then we have Umar ﷺ, who's generally so confident, so confident that he would even say so easily, allow me to chop off the head of this person. And the same person is afraid to ask the Prophet ﷺ, did you forget something in prayer? Yeah, it can happen. This is normal. And then we have dhul yadain So confidently. Asking the Prophet ﷺ, did you forget or has the salah been reduced? The Prophet ﷺ says, neither did I forget nor has the salah been reduced. And Dhul is so persistent, he says, no, you did forget. Look at him. He's so confident. He's so frank. And there are people who are like that. They're so frank. Yesterday we were sitting and my mom, everybody was sitting around her, and one sister, she said, ustaza please pass me some watermelon also. And some of us looked at her like, you can ask her to give you watermelon from there. And Ustaza's is giving her a watermelon piece. And she said, no, this is too big. And so some people looked uneasy. And others were like, cool with it. She was cool with it. People are different. Don't judge people based on their frankness. That just because they're frank, don't think that they're being rude, or they have no respect for the teacher, astaghfirullah. No. People have different dispositions, and you should be yourself. Okay? Be yourself. If you feel comfortable around people, that you can talk to them frankly, go ahead and do that. Alright? Be yourself. Exactly. Don't be pretentious. So we see that ذُّل يَدَيْن is being himself. He asked the Prophet ﷺ so clearly. And then you see this question that, anasita anqasurat. This is a short yet respectful question. Right? He's very respectful. He asked him a question. He didn't say, You forgot. Right? No. When you have to point out somebody's mistake or somebody's error or a deficiency, anything, how do you do it? with respect. And one of the best ways of doing that is by asking a question. Ask a question. Don't rudely point out the mistake. And then we see that the Prophet ﷺ, also in this hadith, we see that he defended himself. In the previous hadith, we see that he asked the other companions. So again, have a level of certainty about your actions. Meaning, don't start listening to everybody. Because if you do that, you'll get nothing done in life. Somebody says, you should go to this school. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, I should go to this school. No, 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 don't go to this school. Okay, don't go to this school. No, go, go to that program. Okay, start that program. Now some people are always swimming around. Right? From one place to another, to another, to another. And what do they have at the end? Nothing. Why? Because they're always being affected by the words of people, right? So have a little confidence in yourself in what you're doing, okay? Like we see that dhul asked the Prophet ﷺ, and he defended himself, or he asked other people, "Did I forget?" And then they said yes. And when he was sure about his mistake, then he fixed his prayer. Right? So, have some confidence in yourself. Don't be so underconfident that you just start listening to everybody and everything. Right? Or every suggestion or every advice that's coming your way. Be yourself again. Okay, the question is that is there salam after sajdatul sahu? Yes, there is. Meaning, if you were to do sajdatul sahu after salam, you said your tashahud, you said the salam, then you do sajdatul sahu. Sajda. Do you say the salam? Yes, you do. But you don't do tashahud again. Okay? That's the whole point. Anything else you noticed, you observed in this hadith? Any lesson you took for yourself? Let's continue. Hadathana Qutaybat ibn Sa'idin, Hadathana Laythun, <laughs> An ibn Shihab, An al-A'raj, An abdillahi ibn Buhaynat al-Asdiy, Halifi bani abdil Muttalibi, Anna Rasool Allahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama, Qama fi salati al-Zuhri, Wa alayhi julusun. In this narration we see that the Prophet sallallahu He got up in Salatul Dhuhr When he was actually supposed to sit down أَتَمَّ صَلَاتَهُ سَجْدَ سَجْدَتَيْنِ This was, he was supposed to sit for tashahud Okay, in the second rakah But instead of sitting for the tashahud, what did he do? He got up and stood in his third rakah Then he completed the prayer And Sajda سجد سَجْدَتَيْنِ he performed two sajdahs at the end. فكبر في كل سجدة وهو جالس قبل أن يسلم. And he said takbir for every sajdah, meaning every time he went into sajdah. This is the sajdah al-sahu. He said Allahu akbar. وسجد لهم الناس And the people also performed the sajdahs, the two sajdahs with him. مكانا منسيا من الجلوس in place of what he forgot of sitting. Meaning he was supposed to sit But he forgot to sit in the shahud So what did he do at the end? He just did sajda tussahu ibn Jurayj bin عن ابن شهاب في Takbir. Now in this hadith what do we see? That the Prophet ﷺ forgot to do a wajib of the prayer Not rukun but wajib In the previous narrations he forgot rukan. rukn is essential Pillar Which if you miss Sajdatul Sahu is not enough. Which is why he performed the two raka'at. And Urwa bin Zubair performed the third raka'at. Correct? Here, he forgot this is naqs of a wajib. Obligatory part. Which you're supposed to perform, but if you miss, right, if you forget to perform it, Sajdatul Sahu at the end is sufficient. And notice the wordings of this hadith النَّاسُ مَعْهُ مَا نَسِيَ مِنَ الْجُلُوسِ So these two prostrations were in place of what he forgot. So what does this mean? It makes up for the wajib that you miss. Okay? Sajda makes up for the wajib that you miss. But does it make up for the rukun that you miss? Does it? No. It doesn't make up. So it will only suffice for the wajib that you miss. And this is what we see in this hadith. The next bab and the following ones are about shak, doubt. So we have learned about Ziyadah, naqs, and now about shak. Bab lam yadri kam When a person does not know as to how much he has performed. Thalathan or arba'an. He's not sure whether he performed three rakat or four rakat. So what will he do? Sajda سجد wa He will do two sajda while sitting, meaning in the last tashahud meaning from the sitting position of the last the shahud what is he going to do he's going to do two sajda hadathana muad ibn fadalah hadathana hisham ibn abi abdullah ad-taswa'i interesting names huh عن يحيى بن أبي كثير عن أبي سلمة عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. Abu reported that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إذا when the nida for salah is made and what's that nida, what's the call it's the adhan. when the adhan is made أذبر الشيطان Shaitan retreats he runs away from the sound of the أذان Duratun, and out of fear he even passes wind la al So that he does not hear the adhan. Meaning he goes as far as possible so that he cannot hear the adhan at all. فَإِذَا قُضِيَ الْآذَانُ أَقْبَلَ And then when the adhan is completed, shaitan comes back. فَإِذَا بِهَا And then when it is thuwiba it is repeated, meaning the Iqama is made, أَدْبَرَ he goes away again. فَإِذَا قُضِيَ التَّثْوِيبِ And then when the Iqama is completed, أَقْبَلَ He comes back. خَنَّاس, right? Retreats again and again. This is why you should say the dhikr of Allah every time shaitan bothers you. Because every time you remember Allah, shaitan خَنَسَ He goes away. But when you stop remembering Allah, what happens? What happens? He comes back. And this is why in hadith we learned that a believer makes his shaitan tired. Like one of you makes your animal tired during travel. When a person is traveling and he's making his camel walk or his horse run, what happens? The horse gets exhausted by the end of it. What happens to your car if you're driving it for a very long time? Does it get hot? Yeah? It needs a break? It needs a break. Right? So, just like that, when a believer continues to remember Allah, again and again and again, what does shaitan have to do? Run off, run back. You remember Allah? Run off, and he comes back. You remember Allah again? Chase him away. Chase him away as much as possible. The more you chase him away, the weaker he will get. But that's the thing, you have to continue to remember Allah. This is why the remembrance of Allah is like a fortress. Right? It protects you, guards you against shaitan. So, فَإِذَا قُطِيَتْ أَقْبَلَ When the إِقَامَةِ is over, shaitan comes back again. حَتَى يَخْطِرَ بَيْنَ الْمَرْءِ وَنَفْسِهِ Until he interferes between a person and his nafs يَقُولُ الْكُرْكَ كَذَا وَكَذَا And he whispers to the person, remember this and that. He tells him to remember things that he did not remember before. Does that happen? You remember what you were supposed to write down. Right? You remember you were supposed to make a to-do list. Isn't it? You remember you were supposed to email someone or call someone. Until a person does not remember how much he has prayed. فَإِذَا لَمْ يَدْرِ أَحَدُكُمْ This is important. That when one of you does not know كَمْ صَلَّى how much he has prayed أَوْ أربعن. Three or four. Meaning a person gets confused about the number of rakaat even. And if you think about it, it's just four raqa'at. How difficult should it be to remember four raqaat or keep count of four? It's not 10, it's not 15, it's only 4. But even that, we get confused about. So when you're in a situation like that, what should the person do? فَلْيَسْجُدْ He should perform to sajda while sitting, meaning from sitting position, meaning from the tashahud. Now this is, remember that you have to look at other ahadith also that talk about the same subject. And we learn that if you are pretty sure that you have performed four rakah instead of three, there is a doubt, there is a slight confusion, but then you realize that no, no, it's got to be fourth rakah because you remember getting up straight from sajda. So you know that it's your fourth rakah. So in that case, yes, you had a doubt, but then that doubt was cancelled by your feeling of confidence. So then what will you do? You will complete your prayer, but because of that confusion that you had, what are you going to do? Two sajda. But if you are really unsure, you cannot remember if you got up from, because you were so busy in your thought, you cannot even remember if you got up from your third rakah. So then in that case, what do you have to do? You have to go with what is less. So you will consider that rakah to be your third. You will perform the fourth rakah. And at the end, of course, you also have to do two sajda. Sahuh. So this is about shak. The next issue is that is Sajat al-Sahu about the only in Fad or also in Nafil? And what we learn is that al Sahu is in every prayer. Whether it is Fald or Sunnah or Nafil or Jumah or Eid or any prayer, if there is a mistake you forget, there's al Sahu at the end. Go ahead. scenario you just explained the Sahu it's before the Taslim or after in this scenario when you are uncertain that you did before. Three or four? before before yeah okay but if you forget to do that can you do it after the salah? Yes. yes you can okay inshallah we will conclude here Subhanakallahumma bihamdik ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.